Hello, hello again, and welcome to another season of Coffee with Miss Deeds and Miss Amy. We have loved spending this time with you as we talk about all the joys and exciting happenings at uni, as well as the stressors and the different things that are hard. But we got to keep it real, and we're thankful that you can join us. So enjoy this time. Welcome back to Coffee with the Counselors. This is our second episode of um, the second season. Um, So we're super excited to have you guys back with us. Uh, Thank you for tuning in and hopefully you're getting some good tips and learning more about yourself along the way. Um, Today we have a very special guest with us. We have Dr. Majerus, our current director of Uni High, and she's here to talk to us a little bit today about some various things and share a little bit more about herself and uh, me and Miss Amy preach to you all the time about being vulnerable and opening up and letting people in and having those moments where we can share and go deeper with each other. So we're looking forward to this time that we have with her today. So Dr. Majerus, you know, we're almost to the one year mark of COVID. You know, that means one year of holidays, one year of school, one year of summer break, and all of that has looked a lot different. Can you share with us a little bit about how it's been for you during this time? Well, it's been a challenge for me as it has, I think, for all of us, if not, and most of us, if not all of us. Um, and it's been a challenging time to, to be a school leader. Um, it's been difficult to see our wonderful, vibrant community kind of taken out of our usual space and not being able to be together. And so many of the things that I love about you know, working at uni, just seeing kids in the hall and all the vibrant stuff going on. Um, I miss all that. But I'm also, I feel very inspired and heartened by our community and how much we've been able to remain a community, even though we haven't been able to be together um, for the most part. And so I'm just really impressed with how hard our staff has been working to make this time as meaningful and enriching for the students as possible, um, all the great support that the SSO has given, and all, you know, all the things that the students are doing to, to try to keep school meaningful for them and stay focused, even though that can really be a challenge. So it's been a challenge, but it's also been an opportunity. Challenges always represent an opportunity, and I think we've risen to the opportunity. Um, and personally, it's also been a challenge. I mean, I'm a mom. I have a son who just recently turned 18 and a daughter who's 13. So I worry about them. And we have a lot of communication about COVID safety and making sure they're making smart choices and things like that. Um, And it can be very stressful just being concerned, like everybody's concerned about their loved ones and their safety and their own safety. Um, But there have also been some silver linings. my, My kids are at home a lot more and we're getting to spend a lot more time together as a family and that's been really wonderful. Um, and I think we've done a good job generally as a family, sharing those resources, you know, working and going to school in a small space, sharing the kitchen resources, sharing the internet resources and things. So um, certainly there have been challenges there too, but I appreciate having this time to spend with my family, even though we, we all wish 
we had our usual busy lives where we're getting out of the house a lot. Um, I think there are silver linings in this whole situation as well as a lot of challenges. Yeah. Um, at the end of last semester, we had a school-wide student wellness survey and a lot of students participated. I think all the students participated actually. Just about, yeah. And, you know, they kind of gave um, just a perspective of different things that they might be going with, going through or struggling with. After seeing kind of the results of those, did any, anything kind of stick out to you particularly um, as you read through those answers and saw the results of the survey? Yeah, well, um, you know, I wasn't, there were some results that were um, concerning, but not surprising. Surprising. We asked students how engaged they felt in school, and a lot of students said they felt less engaged than usual, which wasn't, you know, wasn't too surprising because I think it's hard to be engaged in school when school is all remote um, or when you're in a situation where school can't be normal, you know, whatever the situation is. Um, but I was also, you know, heartened that a lot of students were reporting that they felt like things were pretty good at home. You know, there were some kids who were having some struggles at home and that's to be expected, but it seems like a lot of students um, felt like they were getting support, whether from their family, from their friends, um, you know, sometimes professional support. And I was really happy that a lot of students feel like they're supported in this time. And there were other students who felt like they needed more support and told us about that. And I just really appreciated that a lot of our students um, were able to share that with us and answered some of the short answer questions in ways that showed a lot of vulnerability and helped us get a sense of what's going on with them. Um, we also had a question at the end, basically, what do you want us to know? And there were just a lot of really great, helpful answers to that question. And again, I appreciated students' honesty, students' vulnerability in answering that question. Um, and there were a lot of students who took that opportunity to express thanks to our staff, um, which was really touching because that wasn't something we asked for. That was what they chose, those students chose to do with that space. So I feel like there's a lot of gratitude among our students, even as things are difficult for a lot of people. Many of us, I think, are, are trying to appreciate what we have and appreciate what people are trying to do to support us. Mm -hmm. So moving forward, like since we got all this information, the data from the students, um, what are we going to like as a school? Is there things that we're putting in place to help help uh, students who express that they wanted more support or um, other sort of interventions or? Yes. yes. Well, you know, um, as as you both know, you and Dr. Radnister and I have been working together and talking. And so to let the students know kind of more in a more summary way, what has been going on, we identified some students who needed one-on-one -on -one, um, support. And there were some, some of those students really just said, I would like support in one way or another. Um, some of the students answered some of the other questions in ways that seemed to be suggesting that support might be beneficial for them. And so, you know, we took the, the first step was just reaching out to students one-on-one -on -one who seemed to need the most support and, and, you know, getting in touch, just sending individual emails, checking in. Um, and that's been 
really great. The students that I've been checking in with have for the most part responded and, and we've had some back and forth and some conversations about what they need. So I appreciate that. And I know um, you both and Dr. Raditzer have also been reaching out. There was another group of students who expressed interest in support groups. We talked about the possibility of creating support groups and we wanted to see who was interested in being part of those support groups. So we created some support groups and those have met for the first time this week. And the students who expressed an interest in support groups were invited to be part of those. Um, we've also encouraged those students to invite friends. Um, and I encourage any students who maybe didn't answer yes to that question, but are now kind of reconsidering to reach out to me or the SSO, you know, we can certainly get you involved in the support groups if you want. Our, our, the first meeting that I was involved in, which was yesterday, was really positive. Um, and then finally, one of the great things that, that um, students offered feedback on was just ideas for things that students would be willing to do to support their own well-being. And so a lot of the things that came through more um, reading more books, um, going for walks, keeping a journal. A lot of students expressed interest in um, socially distanced volunteering. And so some of the things that were the most common answers to that question are things we're following up on. And we're gonna try to create, look to the faculty for some help. And that's the last kind of the last stage of following up on the student wellness survey. So. In various ways, we're gonna be following up on um, finding ways for students to read for pleasure more, um, talking to students about how, what, what is keeping a journal like and how do you, um, how do, you do that and what, what implications might that have for your, you know, your life and your home life and your privacy? How do you, how do you keep a journal and, and maintain your privacy, things like that? Um, thinking about things like going for walks, we've already started scheduling optional activities. We've got a winter walk for subbies um, that's happening February 5th and next week, hopefully we'll be having, um, on February 12th, we'll be having a winter walk for sophomores, juniors and seniors. Right now the, the forecast calls for nine degrees. So we're gonna have to see how, how, how we want, whether we wanna go forward with it, if it is, is that cold, we'll see. But, but we're hoping to have more walks and just engage with the idea of going for walks for students who maybe don't want to come to uni and have a walk with us. Maybe they want to do a walk in their neighborhood. As many of us have been doing, I know I've been going for daily walks in my neighborhood and I think it might be fun to check in on that. Um, we actually just recently had an alum publish an article on her daily walk in her neighborhood um, in Kansas. And so she alerted me in that article to the fact that there's a ton of walking videos on YouTube, which I didn't know about. So people walking through Paris and other cities, and you can kind of get a sense of what, what's a daily walk like in another place. So maybe we can do some um, touching base with students on that kind of thing. Awesome. Thanks for that. I, you know, it's kind of interesting that you talked about the support groups and maybe uh, Miss Amy, if you have anything that you want to add to or Dr. Majerus, um, you know, I think lots of times students will think of support groups as like they need to have a problem in order to come. Um, and I don't think that that's really our approach that we're trying to use. Like you don't have to have like an active problem that you're dealing with in order to come to a support group. It's, we're really more so emphasizing um, community in during that time and being there for one another. I didn't know if either of you had 
anything more that you'd like to share about that, but I think that's important that we kind of reiterate that you don't have to be struggling with something specific in order to come to one of these. It's really just about creating a support system. I agree. And I would say that groups are so important for all people of all ages, but research shows specifically for adolescents, groups are so beneficial, you know, because you are going through a tumultuous period of time in your life and groups are coming together and pretty much walking life together, whatever the situation or the stressor or the common bond is, you know that you're not alone. So even with the survey, I thought it was really great because so many people expressed in one way or another that they're struggling, right? And a lot of times I think being isolated in your home, you think I'm the only one that's going through this and I'm the only one that feels overwhelmed or not motivated anymore. But actually pretty much like, I don't know what percent, but like 80% of the school is feeling that way too. But if you know that, then you have power to knowing, okay, this is not, I don't have to feel isolated in this and I can do this together and you can reach out and so groups are pretty much more of a, a created space where people can come together and express the same thing together. And there is power in number. And like we have talked about in different groups before too, it's not about giving the right answer or the right advice. It's just about validating one another and knowing I'm here with you and we're doing this together. And being in a group is just that, you know, as you share, you're validating one another and there's power to just knowing that you're not going through it alone just life, you know, it doesn't even have to be a specific situation too. So we want to create more spaces where students can come together to have those experiences, because that's kind of the support that we need to get over this hump until we can actually be all together. And then we're hoping that when we come together, we can be together in groups too. You know, it'll be a, yeah. difference, a shift in our culture. Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And I think it's important to remember that, you know, a support group right now could just be in some ways making up for all the casual group encounters we have in our daily life. When, when you think about uni in person, you know, kids are sitting in the hallway just talking, kids are eating lunch together. And so there's a lot of clustering together and chatting and casual conversations that happen that we're missing. And I think that's a big part of what's difficult about the pandemic is there's just all these sort of acquaintance relationships that we don't have. And those are important for our well-being and our mental health and our sense of self and our sense of community. Um, and it's easy to overlook them because they don't seem important on a day-to-day -day basis, but that's all part of the web that supports us. So, you know, uni students might be sitting in the hallway having a conversation at lunch and they just bring up something that's on their mind and then they get to talk about it with people. And during the pandemic, if you don't happen to have somebody in your home or in your bubble who you can talk to about that, you might just end up not talking to anyone about it. So a support group can be a way to kind of replicate that sort of casual, those casual bonds. I really like the phrase that you just used, the web that supports us, you know, because it really is an entanglement and a web of supports that we have and you, you know, one person can't do it alone or a few people can't do it alone. There's so many other supports that a lot of times we kind of take for granted. And in that way, we need to be proactive now to make sure we're getting those supports until we can find them naturally again. Absolutely. So it sounds like we have a lot of cool things maybe on the horizon of what is to come at uni in the spring here. Um, you know, as we, 
talk, you know, about being vulnerable and open with each other. You had mentioned that you go on walks and that's one of the ways that you kind of relieve stress every day, but are there other ways that you, you've taken care of yourself and how do you devote that? You know, you're a busy lady. <laughs> like, how do you devote that time to doing those things, especially, you know, when you're running a school and family and it just seems like something else to do. So that's a great question. It is really a struggle because my job is very um, engrossing. And because I have kids, you know, I, I want to be there for them. And, and so it's very easy to put all my time and energy into my job and my family and time for myself comes last. Um, and so, yeah, taking a daily walk is one big thing. I get to be alone, which I really enjoy solitude. Um, and I don't have a whole lot of it in my life. So going for a walk is a, ch a chance for me to be alone and a chance for me to get some activity and, you know, get outside and, and just watch the birds and, and look at the trees and the sky and stuff. Uh, so I would say that's the main thing, but I also try to find little ways to do, you know, what we call self-care. Um, I, I, one thing we talked about yesterday, actually in our support group um, that Ms. Amy and I were, were doing about healthy habits, um, one of the students mentioned that they wanted to play their instrument more. And it really made me think about my own relationship with guitar playing. I, I, I play guitar and it's very important to me. And in normal times I'm in a band and we have band practice once a week and sometimes we perform. And so first of all, I, get, I just get to play because I, I'm going to band practice. And also I know if I have a performance coming up, I'm gonna practice my guitar because I know if I don't practice, I'll get up on stage and you know make a fool of myself. I, I, I have that pressure, but without performance and without band practice, I don't have that pressure. And yet I want to stay fluid with my instrument. And I've been noticing lately that I tend to leave off playing my guitar till like 11 at night. You know, it's like the last thing I do. I'm often playing my guitar about 15 minutes after I wanted to be in bed. And I don't really enjoy it at that time. So I'm trying to pick it up and play for five minutes here and there instead of feeling like I have to play for 20 minutes but then I, I have to leave it to the very last thing I do because I'm just taking care of everything else first. So I think that's, that's one thing I'm learning about self-care is it's not necessarily, okay, I've got, an, I've got to have an hour or I've got to have a weekend. It can be five minutes. It's like, I'm gonna get up from my chair and walk up and down the stairs just to get my blood moving. Or I'm gonna go take 10 minutes and have a healthy snack. Or I'm going to just lay down and close my eyes and rest you know, cause that's what I need right now. Taking five minutes can be really important and it's rare that we can't spare five minutes. So I've been kind of trying to focus on those five minute windows during the day when I might be able to get something in to take care of myself. Yeah. And when it's a smaller, you know, a smaller amount of time, and then if you get really good at like ingraining it into your every day, then you can start lengthening it as you have time available as well. So it's a really great way to start embedding um, something for yourself into your daily life for sure. Yep. Also, I just think that it's important not to have that perfectionistic, dualistic thinking that it's all or nothing. Yeah. Which I know I fall into so often, you know, like if I can't go out and I'm not going to be sweating for 30 minutes and it's not even worth going on 
a walk around my house. And even though I'm kind of being a hypocrite because I tell all students, just walk to your mailbox and back, you know, but do I walk to my mailbox? No, but I need to take that advice as well. And also just even for five minutes, I think sometimes we don't see the results right away and therefore we think it's not worth it, but those small steps and those small increments of doing something, it does matter. So I'm gonna take my own advice as well. Good idea. So thank you so much for sharing with us today about the, the, check, the wellness check-in survey that we sent to students and also um, taking a minute to be vulnerable yourself and share with us and the unique community things that you do for yourself. As we maybe wrap up a little bit today, um, as we think more about the spring and you know, it's always good to have hope for the future and think about ways that we can be together virtually or in person. Are there any sort of, is there any sort of information or things that you wanna tell students to help bring hope this spring? Sure, yeah. I mean, we're, we're really working to try to bring everybody back together in person as much as we can um, safely. And the Health and Safety Task Force has been working hard. You know, they meet once a week and they look at the research and they think about um, what's going on locally with testing and with cases. And they have for several months had a plan for um, in-person activities that um, would take place daily and could be regular activities and class activities or um, maybe occasional or one-off activities. Um, and it's been just a matter of kind of checking on the local case numbers and, and finding a time when, it, when it's safe to do this. And I, I think we're gonna be able to move forward many of our teachers have been getting vaccinated this week, which is great news. Um, and here it's, I'm recording this on Thursday, February 4th. So this is that, during that week, um, a lot of teachers are getting their first dose of the vaccine and there's a lot of hope on the horizon. There's also some uncertainty and some variables. You know, we're hearing a lot in the news about um, more contagious variants of COVID-19 and we don't know what impact that will have, but we know that, um, Safety measures do work, masks work, social distancing works. We have some challenges at uni because our building is small. We have a lot of small classroom spaces that really just aren't useful during COVID-19, but we're trying to do what we can with the spaces we have and with the outdoors. And I'm really excited by the um, likelihood that we're gonna be able to do a lot more very soon to bring students together in person um, and create a structure of activities where it will support the students who really still want to stay home and, and feel most comfortable waiting until um, more people have been vaccinated, if they have somebody vulnerable in their home, or just their own level of comfort isn't quite there yet. But it will also support the students who just really want to see their friends in person, really want to see classmates in person and their teachers in person, and want to do things in person. Um, so. I'm feeling excited about that. And we're gonna be sharing some information about that soon. Right now, we're already talking about it with the, the faculty and staff. And so um, the next step is gonna be sharing that more information with students and families. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Medeiros for joining us today. It was our pleasure of having you on and I'm sure it was so helpful for students to 
hear how you kind of been dealing with COVID as well as, you know, some of the hopeful things that are coming up. So we're just really thankful that you could join us today. Yeah, well, thanks for inviting me. It was fun talking to you. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.